first episode. Right. Going on right now. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, so excited. That was an endeavor. We were uh, getting some technical out. So this is kind of like round two of it. My bad. <laughs> no, we're good. Cool. Yeah, so day one, episode one. Yep. Uh, we're going to start a new podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chase. Uh, the uh, superstar over here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess we should start by like saying like why podcast, um, yep. what's the whole point of behind it, and go from there. Um, this is Chase's idea. Yep. And I was, I was just kind of helping behind the scenes, trying to bring it like basically my, what my role is. Yeah. No. Um, well, I think it, it's going to work out really good because like knowing what you want to do moving forward with your life, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting getting positive information out there, uh, podcast being one of them. Okay. And I think it's just going to be a, it's a great tool for um, for me to kind of get a, a deeper message out there for what I really want to. Uh, so are you saying like you got this idea because of the influence that you have on Instagram and you want to be able to like reach out to more people and like kind of uh, bring that access, I guess, to, to those people? Like yeah. just give them like a whole bunch of platforms they can just use and like kind of trying to better their lives. Yeah, no, um, no, actually, that's, that's pretty much a nail on the coffin right there. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things that, um, <coughs> uh, excuse me, I enjoy, I do enjoy speaking, I do enjoy, um, connecting with people. Yeah, because, I mean, you have a lot of information that you want to get out there, and, like, you have really good information that you want to share. Right, yeah, and, and that's why, um, I've realized that social media has been very, um, very beneficial to me uh, mm-hmm. on two different, yeah. two fronts, right? Okay. Is uh, one on the professional context, um, growing myself as an athlete, holding myself accountable. Like I use it just like any other, you know, CrossFit athlete. We want to post everything that we do. Show the abs. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, as much as I try. Um, but yeah, so like I do enjoy posting the things that I love doing, right? I love working out. It's a big part of my life and it has been for um, a better part about right. 15 your, years. Your day-to-day life. Right. And uh, so the second part is, um, you know, what I've used for the mental health side for myself. Um, And, you know, that's something that I've been very uh, transparent. And that's the word to use because uh, um, it's something that allows me to get things off my chest um, and just kind of own that aspect of my life where I I wanted to create a podcast that one, it would give me an outlet to express myself mm-hmm. but two I realized that as I've used social media to um, allow myself to open up to grow uh, I've had hundreds and you know and I really mean that hundreds of people reach out over such a short period of time who are who are going through stuff who mm-hmm. are you know battling through their own you know you can use the word demons or insecurities or however you want to say it mm-hmm. um, but then I, I also realized that you know, there's people want to get their story out, mm-hmm. and I want to have a platform that is willing to talk about things that other people aren't willing to talk about because it's information that is personal. Okay. You know, like just to open that platform out for everyone. Yeah. And like be like tell them like it's safe to like to share their you know like you said like insecurities or what have you know like whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing is like it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have had depression 
or have right. to have like right. wanted to kill yourself to right. have struggles, you know, and and to have overcome something in your life. Right. I mean, everyone wants to want to be like connected in some way. They want to be comfortable and be with like-minded people and tell them like, like you're you're not abnormal. You're you're good. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, so that is one component. Like I I want to talk about. I don't want every <laughs> podcast or um, every interview to be like this doom and gloom thing. That's not. Yeah, that's no, also not no. what I'm going for. No. We're, um, we're trying to, you know, go go about it naturally <laughs> and try to figure out what's our niche. <laughs> right. And so, you know, so like we will talk about, you know, everyday stuff. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Marvel movies. Like I'd love to just talk shop about movies and, oh, yeah. um, you know, fitness is a big part of my life and I, I feel like, you know, I'm not. <sighs> I'm not, uh, you know, the most experienced coach, but I'm also not the least experienced. Mm. I do have something that I feel that I can offer um, in conveying certain messages to people as far as, like, you know, in the fitness realm, um, how do I improve as an athlete? How do I improve as a coach? Um, How do you handle athletes as a coach? You know, things like that. So, um, Because, I mean, there's some people that want to be in your position and want to, you know, grab your, your input on things, and you have a lot to offer. Right. Like, I'm not saying like people are below your, you know, no, certification or what, whatsoever, but if they see you on Instagram, they want to be, oh, I want to be that person, and like now, now you can, they can now DM you, right, and like get that information so fast, and right. like you, you allow that. Yeah, you know, I, it's kind of funny because like I never once thought I would ever be the person that, you know, people hit up and go like, man you inspire me or uh, I want to be like you when I grow up type crap, right? right? Like I never... Does it get you in the feels? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But it, you know, um, because at first it was just kind of like a, yeah, 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 like I got mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. because I didn't, one, believe it, you know, it was like, I've thought that way. It was not like a natural occurring thing for you. No, no, not at all. You know, it's like, it's um, this, this point in my life you know, has only been here for about a year, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been friends with people. I've helped mentor, you know, a friend. Mm-hmm. But it's like I've never been um, someone that people strive to emulate, I guess you could say, okay. right? Like maybe in like a, in a small group setting of friends, like they're trying to, you know, match me on like when I was active duty in the Army and we had a, a team of four guys. Mm-hmm and I was the fittest dude out of four, you know, maybe, like, they were trying to keep up with me on a run. But that was, like, typical, right? right? So I look at it like this, is that there are plenty of coaches that I look at um, that I want to emulate, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain qualities of people that I see and I like, Mm -hmm. and I, it would be nice if, uh, you know, you wrote them and they responded. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, that'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really cool if, like, you wrote a games athlete mm-hmm. and they just, like, chit-chat with you for mm-hmm. a second. And, like, the handful of times that I have with a few of them, um, I'm like, holy crap, like, this person's talking to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because I feel that way about other people. So it was really hard to, for me at first to accept that people thought that way about me. And so when I started, like, ex- meaning, like, uh, Someone would hit me up and I would respond. Oh yeah, you know, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're talking to me." It's like, what the hell do you mean you can't? Right, (coughs) right. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, 
so in that respect, um, I want to I want to talk to everybody. I want to, as best as I can, you right. know. Um, but it's like I understand why the Ben Bergerons don't respond. You know, I understand why um, the Rich Froning and the Matt Fraser mm -hmm. don't respond because mm -hmm. they have a thousand people hitting them up every single day. Right. You know, my platform's still small enough that I can, you know, take the time to write. But what's funny is I've actually had a few people get mad when I haven't answered questions. Mm -hmm. Been like, I've asked you, you know, this question twice and you've never responded. It's like, man, like, yeah, I uh, like, I'm really so sorry. Is, okay, so, but this is a really good opportunity to uh, use that question and then you can answer it on the podcast. Yes. Make it, yeah. so that way everyone can have it, not just like you and another person in the community. Right, and then I want people to realize like it's not personal if I don't respond. Like, I, w I wish I had sure. all day long. Sure I wish, it. yeah, I wish people it. like, you know, I wish I got paid to respond to people. That'd be great because, <laughs> right. man, least, I'd be bankrolling. But at least you're doing it, you're, you're answering your own your DMs personally. Right. You know, there's yeah. some people out there that like hire people to do that for them, but you're out there doing it yourself, right? Yeah. So no, that's, that's yeah. Special. I respond to almost every single person. Sometimes, yeah. like, even if uh, someone just likes or says something and I, you know, give them a simple like to their comment, mm -hmm. like, in yeah, a just, private message. Just show, like, you saw like, it. I read them. I read them all, you know. And so it's like, yeah. I, you know, and I do my best to, to respond. But, right. but yeah, so this is just going to give me a platform to. Uh, be able to answer more in-depth questions. Right, and for him to talk a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I talk. I talk an exponential <laughs> amount. So. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, but it's good all the information, and it's also funny, so it's not, like, dry humor or anything. Yeah, I hope not. I know. Uh, you, you can tell when, like, people listen to you. They they, they smile, they laugh. It's, it's good-hearted. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I always joke around that. The one thing I would love to, I would love to do in life is be a comedian and do stand-up comedy. I would love really? to. I would uh, if, if I if could. Life, if life didn't exist right now, and you was and you had a chance for a different career path, you would choose comedian. Yeah. For no, I would. I would absolutely okay. love that. All I right. just like um, it's something that I get real enjoyment from, mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, it's I, like I am funny. Like I, I know I'm funny. Yeah. Um, but I have to be in the right setting. That's the problem. Is that <laughs> it's of generally. It's generally at the beginning of class. Mm -hmm. It's an anecdote about something that happened the night before. Right. Um, but, I, it, you know, and, you know, you can attest to this. I try to use, I actually legitimately try to use the first two to four minutes of class to tell a joke. To tell something so funny. Okay, so you try to be intentional yeah. every day. Yeah. Try and get people just Yeah, laughing. I really do. Okay. Like, and it's because, like, one, it sets the mood of the class. I found that if I can make the class laugh and just enjoy their time, mm -hmm. And started off with like just something break the ice and you know get a little humor punch right. point in there. Right. Um, I see that everybody's just like then they're more attentive. Mm. They're more uh, relaxed. Yeah, more relaxed. You know, like especially having like new athletes come in and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they just realize like it's not all business. Like I I enjoy having fun. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, if I could do, but the problem is like my jokes are generally CrossFit related, so. I mean, you can be you know, like, comedian. Well, you know, yeah, like, you yeah, actually no. don't have that yet. Oh, that's pretty good. Ooh. That is pretty good. There you go. Yeah, but, right. like, if I went to a stand-up place, I'd be like, all right, man, so Fran the other night, and fucking crickets. Yeah, yeah right. Like, okay, <laughs> who's Fran? So like, hard last yeah, night. Like, who's, who's that? Yeah, man, he's talking about so dinner hard. with Fran and married. <laughs> it's weird. Um, but, yeah. There you go. So there, we can also, you, you can also do 
jokes on this podcast. Joke podcast, I like it. The uh, beginning of each podcast, <laughs> begins, start off with your joke of the day. But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's the problem. Is like I'm not good at thinking. Like I would not be good at you know stand up where I'm having to write my material. Oh, you're that's what I am. I'm a super much on the fly. Like I, I can roll with the punches, Uh roll with the jokes. If I see a comment, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm in it. Uh, but like writing it down, you know, one way that I actually have been practicing this and side note is, uh, um, my, my post on Facebook. Uh, did you notice my post about, uh, yeah, remind me, give me, give me a clue. Oh, uh, oh, how, uh, phones are getting so smart. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah, like, yeah. Um, where you just kind of run on with the joke, but basically the concept is, uh, you know, I'm afraid a phone's getting so smart that, you know, my phone's kind of plotting there. my own death. It's already there. Did, yeah. you, did you know if you're, like, texting texting somebody and you say, like, uh, Uber or something, and you've never done Uber in your life, um, the next time you go on the internet, it'll show, like, Uber ads. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. I've noticed that uh, when I'm thinking about something that I want to buy, it, it, it pops pulls up. up. Amazon's so bad at that. I'm just saying, oh, like, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking trust it. <laughs> I don't trust it. It's but, already here, dude. You know, my phone's gonna plot my death, oh, yeah. and it's gonna it's take gonna over. It's gonna come with a little transformer coming out. And just He's start, just like, gonna <laughs> snap my ear off and just embed itself. Oh my god. Okay. All right. I don't trust it. <laughs> all right. But, yeah. So. <laughs> so I guess we should get it started with the first episode. First episode about you and your upbringing. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool because, like I said, you know, you want to, when you think about uh, people, you, and I use the term idolize very loosely because, you know, I don't, um, as, a, as a man of faith, I don't believe in, like, idolizing people, mm-hmm. right? I, I believe in emulating qualities of people, but um, kind of like um, God's the only person that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to impress, I guess you could say, right? Like, God's the only one that can approve me. So my, my point is is that um, you still want to get to know the deeper side of people because when, like, um, if I know the background of, let's just say, like, Will Smith is one of my favorite actors, right? But I love Will Smith, Will Smith's character as a person. Okay. Like, I care about the character of the person that I want to emulate, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, he is an amazing father figure. Uh, his relationship with his wife him as a businessman, him as how he interacts with people. I'm like, man, that's an amazing person. And then knowing what their background is and oh, like yeah. the struggles they've right. gone through, right? Like The Rock is another one that, um, you know, I I look up to as a person. Um, you know, beyond being a badass action star, yeah. it's, man, you know, this guy had like $6 in his pocket and struggled from nothing right. to where he is now. But he's also humble for where he is at now, okay, right? Okay, so let's let's talk about you then. Like you, you want to be that kind of like household name, right? Yeah. In a, in a, in a sense, <coughs> like like maybe that's the ultimate goal. Yes. Let's say that. Yeah. No. It so um, let's just start with your upbringing. Let's, let's you know, this is a great opportunity for that. Right. Um. Yeah. So, so I'm from California. Mm-hmm. Uh. So you know, we're here in Kansas City, Missouri, but I'm from California, born and raised. Um, you know, my parents are from the Midwest, 
Which I did know know about that. Yeah, you didn't know about that. That was an early episode that we kind of knew that I fucked up, so yeah, this is how I knew this. So, by the way, we, uh, like, I'm going to cuss on this, so if you don't like cursing, like, it's going to happen. If they didn't know by now, that's their fault. You know, and that's the thing with, like, um, you know, like, your mom jokes, like, for example, like, if there is a joke that I can just run with it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to run with it, especially on, like, Instagram. Oh, yeah, naturally. And it's like, if someone, like, thinks that I'm above it, I am not. I am so not above any joke um so anyways yeah so i'm yeah (laughs) yeah. i'm uh yeah i'm born and raised from california uh so you know california's massive and the dead center of california is called the central valley um and that's where i'm from so i'm dead to to, like a major city yeah so um so fresno california is a big city it's Mm -hmm. a million plus people in the metro area um but it's not even like you don't consider that a big city in california you know what it's I mean? It's like a bigger neighborhood. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a it's a city, but, like, that's how you consider it is a city. But it's a million-plus people. Wow. Like, it's almost the same size as Kansas City, I think. Um, it actually might have some more now. But anyway, so we're, like, 45 minutes south of Fresno. So I'm v- from Visalia, um, an hour north of Bakersfield. But I'm two and a half hours from L.A. Oh, okay. Two and a half, three hours away from, well, two and a half hours from San Jose, three hours from San Francisco. Okay, yeah, so dead. Yeah, dead, dead center. Okay. Um, so, like, you know, when people talk about Kansas being flat, like, where I'm from is flat. Uh, <laughs> if you look at a map and you look down, the roads are, like, north, south, east, west. Wow, okay. So, if you looked east, you saw the mountains. Like, that, and it was as far as you could see. So, like, if you were lost, mm-hmm. you looked east, all you had to do was look left and you were north. <laughs> looked right and you were south. Wow, okay. Like, I have no idea which way is north, south, east, west out here. Wow. No, I, I still don't know. Oh, I wow. still don't know. Like, all I know is I just say I'm north of the river. I think most people do, actually. Like, they'd be like, it's funny. No, but when I'm talking to my wife, she'll be like, oh, you know, it's uh, south on Vivian. Like, I have no idea which direction that is. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if they... Yeah, I'm a landmark kind of girl. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, it's next to Wendy's. Oh, got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, absolutely, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's where I'm from, um... But, yeah, born and raised there. Okay, and then we can talk about your parents, too, since you brought up here. Um, yeah. Like, what are they like? Yeah, so so my mom, um, my mom's a hard woman. Like, she's definitely, like, um, she doesn't take shit. She is a, so she was one of the first female patrol officers in Topeka, Kansas. Nice. And this is the early 80s. Um, so it was a really hard time to be a female and a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a male-dominated environment and she had to earn her keep status you know it was one of those things that um she was discriminated against because she was a woman mm-hmm. in a male-dominated uh, environment um but she wanted to be a cop that was what she was passionate about my dad was a farmer uh his you know bachelor's degree was in farm science like that's what his jam was out here in the west that's a thing yeah I that's that's a that's here. a real thing um <laughs> But yeah, so my parents, my mom didn't want to raise farm boys. And so my dad took a job in California, uh, but it didn't pan out. So he ended up joining the Marines. Okay. So my dad. At age. So he, uh, this was mid 80s. It had to have been mid 80s because I remember, or I don't remember, but I seen pictures. <laughs> I was born, so mm-hmm. I was already born, but uh, we were stationed in El Toro mm-hmm. um, in California. My mom, when we moved out there, she became a correctional officer. Okay. So, so she stayed law enforcement, she becomes a CO. And uh, eventually my dad gets out of the Marines mm-hmm. and he joins the correctional department as well. So both my parents are CEOs. Wow. Um, 
my mom was medically retired after uh, five, six years, something like that. Um, Wait, so how long your dad was in the Marines? He was in the Marines for four years. Four years. Four okay. years. So, he, you know, um, he he always tells me, or when I was growing up, he would be like, uh, yeah, I was blah, 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 something logistics. Now that I've been in the military for 10 years, logistics is supply. And I'm like, dude, like, I know what you did. Like, and, I mean, he, man, he, he, ate every ounce of it up like he is still like wears his marine hat and everything Dang, I guess um, he's proud. oh yeah no and he's super proud that's good um but yeah so <laughs> <coughs> so my mom was uh she was medically retired um like i said five six years uh long story short there she was uh, working with a partner and she was working the watchtower um and she, they, she was uh, at corcoran state prison and her the windows of the watchtower go up and down, but they're bulletproof, mm-hmm. right? And they're super heavy. Mm-hmm. Her partner dropped her end, and then my mom um, was like lifting it, and then when she dropped her end, it came down on my mom's thumb and sliced her thumb off. And so it sliced her thumb off kind of out of diagonal, and they ended up picking up her thumb, they sewed it back together, but uh, her, she could only open her own thumb up this far. So wow. she couldn't qualify on a handgun with both so they retired her. Oh, wow. Um, so your dad continued to be a corporate officer mm-hmm. for how long? So my dad was a CO for 23 years. Yeah. Wow. So he retired um, back in 2011, okay. I think. Okay. So something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, then yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, uh, so being, being a cop's like the family business. Uh, my brother ended up being a CO, my middle brother. Uh, I have two. And uh, he, he became a CO at 21. Um, there you are. Danny! Danny. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're just going to watch forward. you go back and forth. <laughs> doing uh, doing yeah, first we're, podcast. Yeah, we're in the middle of a podcast right oh, now. Here you go. No, walk, walk behind the camera, bro. You, like, <laughs> I like how you got to pray like you were going to walk this way. You're saying something, so it's going to walk by, walk up and be like, what are you talking to me about? Oh, <laughs> you're good, man. Now, the, be on the lookout on his voice, because he might bring him up sometimes. Yeah. So, Donnie, yeah. you're going to be on a podcast. You're, you're going to come up too, bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> act like I'm not here. It's fine. Say whatever you need to. I never, I never act like I'm <laughs> here. No, um, yeah, so, uh, so my brother became a CEO. Um, and you have like two brothers. I have two brothers, yeah. Okay. So and my middle you're one. You're the youngest, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I'm 30. I was born in 88. My middle brother was born in 84. Um, and so he became a CO when he was 21. Mm-hmm. And then my oldest brother, though, like picked a whole different route. He uh, he went like computers. Okay. So, yeah. you know, he's. Uh, I mean, like, it was going towards the 90s where it's like a big boom. Like, technology was starting. Yeah. Know, so Apple was starting. And well, like, so he was born in 80. And then, like, growing up, he played. You know, my parents got him like the Nintendo, the OG oh, Nintendo, okay. right? Okay, NES, yeah. and um, so he, you know, he got into video games pretty quick, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he played sports. Both my brothers played sports, mm-hmm. um, but he stayed like super nerd, right. like you know, um, Star Trek and okay. everything under the sun. All right. But and then my middle brother was a uh, all his boy. Like, just sports all day long, golden child type stuff. Like, right. anything he touched, he was really, really good at. Not the not the most book smart guy. Uh-huh. Um, but so he, where do you fall? So I'm middle of the road. You're middle of the road. I am, okay. I am a direct.
different split between my brothers. Okay. Um, growing up, I hung out with my oldest brother more. So until I was about 10, mm-hmm. like, I emulated what he did. I, I played baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, I played, you know, t-ball, minor league, little league. Okay. Um, like my middle brother did, but I loved playing, like, video games and stuff with my oldest brother. He moved out when I was 10. So he moved out at 18. So when he moved out, I no longer had, one, my protection from my middle brother. Right. Because uh, Brad would beat up Craig if Craig tried to beat me up. Mm. Um, so when he moved out, I was kind of, like, in, in a limbo. You know, I didn't really know um, what to do at the house. And so, you know, but now I have my middle brother there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for the first few years, I was still playing video games and, like, nerded out pretty mm-hmm. hard. You know, I was Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, that whole nice. that whole thing. I'm Pokemon girl. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, but uh, going into high school, um, my brother was a senior when I was a freshman. And my, oh. my parents, you know, my parents got – us vehicles mm-hmm. so in order for wait they got you a vehicle at a freshman year no 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 but i mean oh, like, like you know you yeah as we got you. older okay, right yeah, yeah, yeah. um so you know my parents got my brother his vehicle gotcha. so in order for him to drive his vehicle he had to take me to lunch every day uh, so like he was forced to interact with me because uh, uh, my parents forced. would just take take his <laughs> truck away and so when he was a senior i was a freshman so like you know uh freshman year i would go with him to lunch every day mm-hmm. and uh you know craig so I, I, I was really fat, really, really overweight. And Craig did not like that I was overweight. He just, he didn't like it. He was, he was super active, super fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was the, the star starting middle linebacker, catcher, mm-hmm. right? Like okay. um, he had uh, offers for uh, like the Devil Rays and the White Sox to play professional ball, like going out of high school. Wow. Like he was good. Okay. Really good. So like that was my brother. You know, um, just by far one of the most popular guys in high school. And so when I came along, it was like, who the hell is this kid? Right. That's right? your brother? Yeah. That kind of thing. So, you know, but when I started playing baseball freshman year, mm-hmm. um, Craig played. Craig was a, a varsity baseball player. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And, like, we would – he would work with me a little bit. Like, okay. you know, he would uh, – like, and that that's the thing with my brother, though, is, like, he's just a workhorse. Like – he just wants effort. He's a perfect punk face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he wants effort. You know, he wants you to try. Mm-hmm. And so what Craig would do is, like, you know, he would he was the guy who would be the first to practice, last to leave, take extra ground balls, take extra hits. Okay. So Craig, after practice, he would keep doing that, and mm-hmm. then I would hang out with him, and mm-hmm. so then I would do it with him. Right. And, and that was uh, – that was kind of like the first interactions of him and I actually like getting along. And then he would slowly start bringing me around his friends and stuff. Okay. So then as I got older, you know, so that was like 13, going into 14, 15, mm-hmm. then I started emulating Craig. Mm-hmm. You know, I started like dressing like him and, and, you know, listening to the music that he listened to. Okay. And so I wanted to be like my middle brother. Gotcha. So as I just kept getting older, um, you know, I, I still enjoyed video games. Like I would play like Halo or something, mm-hmm. right? But like I wasn't playing like card games or anything Mm -hmm. but then i was like getting into sports i was getting into fitness and that's what craig and i had together so he introduced you to fitness in a a, a sense like so okay so this is this is like the the meat and potatoes of the background okay so hit me with it yeah so my my home life was good i'll say that my home life was good it wasn't like anything crazy um you know i had my 
parents were together and, you know, a healthy marriage and, like, me and my three brothers or two brothers. So, but the problem was with school. Um, at school, I was incredibly bullied, like, severely. Um, I was always smaller than everybody else by six to eight inches, shorter than the average kid in the class. Okay. And so I was just a very easy target. So I was bullied a ton, um, you know, beat up quite a bit. This is after your brother has graduated? Or yeah, no, so this was like from first grade. First grade you were bullied? Yeah, from first grade um, was when it was, it kind of started in first grade, it was second grade is where it took off. And the reason why it took off there is I had a best friend in first grade. And then together, no one really messed with us. Okay. Um, you know, because we were always together and we always had each other's backs, you know. Mm -hmm. But so I went to a different school, elementary or in kindergarten. Okay. And we moved to Visalia first grade. So the friends, I didn't, you know, I never had bullying in kindergarten, right. um, but I was friends with everybody. So when I moved to Visalia, I had to start over making friends, but everybody had already been in kindergarten together. So I was the new kid, right? right? Always the new kid. Right, and so there was one kid that like really like stuck with me, and another one, but mainly this one kid, his name was Andrew Marquez. And, uh, yeah, we were we were best friends, and going into second grade though, his uh, his parents split and he moved. So when he moved, I no longer had that best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, you're by yourself. Right, and so like I was friends with people, but those same friends mm -hmm. were also my bullies. Like they would beat me up, uh, they would pick on me, and uh, and it basically persisted that way for all elementary school all up until sixth grade. And, you know, during those times, like, you know, I, uh, like, I, I remember playing basketball and one of my friends called me over and was like, hey, Chase, come here. And I run over to the sideline. I was like, yeah, what's up? And boom, he just sucker punches me in the stomach and, you know, doubles me over because he punched me so hard. Um, I remember another time there was a, a kid that was probably a foot taller than me, just a big kid, mm -hmm. and called me over, a similar type of situation. And I stood in front of him and was like, yeah, what's up? And he just grabbed me by my throat and started choking me and lifting me off the ground until I passed out. What the? Yeah, like. Why do you think he did that, though? They I just, did, they did not like me. Like, I was just, he I was. He never did anything to them. That, no, that's, that's no, the and like, right and I would, like, I was as annoying as any other little kid, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, kids are annoying. Like, right. just, you know, playing, goofing off and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, a I, I will stand by it that I never once did anything to provoke any of them. Like, kids didn't like, so there was a girl that I had a crush on, right? Uh -huh. um, from first grade to sixth grade. And so any chance I had to be near her, I took. So, like, on the playground, I would choose to play with the girls. Mm -hmm. Like, if uh, we played basketball, it was always girls versus guys. Mm -hmm. I always volunteered to be on the girls' team. Because I wanted to be near this well, girl that I had a crush maybe on. Maybe the guy had a yeah, crush no, on her. Yeah, no, but they, they did, like, well, at the time it was, it was making fun of me because I played with the girls. Okay. So I got beat up because I would play with the girls. Because you want to be a ladies' man? I just really like this chick, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, that was an instance of why they would beat me up. Is like, they picked on me because I wanted to play with the girls. You know, and I mean, I mean, it's little little boy up, stuff. So that lasted up until sixth grade, and then yeah. That so continued? no, so the final straw in sixth grade was, uh, it was like three days away from graduation, okay. right? Whatever. Right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so <laughs> we're in class. Like, I mean, there was an instance that um, during this time I was actually dealing with depression, and no one really knew it, uh, knew about it. Did no you one, know it, though? Like no, I mean, I, you know, I knew I was sad and I would cry, but I would never tell anybody. Uh, but I would also never tell anybody that I was getting picked on. And so it was fifth grade was when it first started coming out was there was two kids that uh, came up behind me and I was sitting in class and they took the, you know, those brown paper towels, like those super rough paper towels, yeah. right? That are on the back. Yeah. Each kid had a paper towel and they shoved it in my ear and they held me as they're shoving their fingers down my ears. And, uh, and it, it hurt so bad that, um, that, day after class, my mom was like, what, what happened to your ears? And I wouldn't tell her. So they took me to um, the doctor, the urgent care. And they looked in my ears and, and they pushed them so far that I, it almost ruptured my eardrums. Oh my and so I was almost deaf. So the doctor thought my parents were abusing me. So they almost called CPS on my parents. And that was the first time. So in the doctor's office, I remember breaking down crying and then telling them what happened. And then, you know, so then I remember looking at my mom and my mom's crying because she had no idea that this had been happening for five years. Wow. And so um, the next day, like, my mom goes to uh, the school to do something about it, and they didn't do anything about it. They were like, well, we can't prove it, you know, and, like, basically the, the teacher called me a liar. And my parents were like, what the hell? And so all of a sudden, like, this was the first time they heard about it, and then I started telling them about all these instances that, that were coming up. And uh, so after that, like, you know, I was really, I was sad about it all because I didn't understand. I didn't understand why kids were bullying me. And so my parents uh, ended up taking me to a therapist um, where I got clinically diagnosed with depression. Uh, and I was on Paxil. So I was on uh, psych meds. And I was like 10, 11 years old. Wow. And uh, so my parents started filing a... Um, they looked at doing a lawsuit against the school because the school was failing to protect me. Mm -hmm. Anytime they would bring it up or anything, like nothing would happen to these students. The teachers wouldn't do anything to protect me. And uh, I remember even, um, it kind of rested on me to, to make the lawsuit go through. And the reason why I say that is because uh, I remember going to school and I talked to just a handful of kids and I was like, yeah, you know, we're looking at suing the school. And mm -hmm. you know, my parents told me it was like, it would be like a million dollar case. Mm -hmm. And that word got out, you know, kids fucking talking to other kids, and um, I got beat up. <laughs> I got beat up because <laughs> yeah. of it, because the kids, like, this was the logic of children, is that uh, they were like, if you sue the school, the school will run out of money and we're gonna close. And so I got beat up, and so then I didn't tell my parents about it, and I told them like, no, I don't wanna, I don't wanna sue the wow. school. So I didn't. So no, we never filed a lawsuit, and this is before like bullying was like mainstream. Right, um, it just wasn't prevalent. And uh, then going in like sixth grade, um, it was three days out from school, the overhead projector, the outlet caught on fire. It just started sparking a little fire. All the kids freak out in class, like ah, just screaming. And you know, kids are leaving their shit. And I'm, the teacher already like went outside the class, uh, she's outside the door, and there was like me and two other students. Mm -hmm. And I always sat at the front. I always like wanted to sit at the front of the, the class. And so as everybody's like screaming, getting out of there, it was me and two others. And I, I stopped midway through the class. I go back to my desk and I grab my bag and then I just flipped off the projector. And the fire literally goes out. Like it goes out right there. Right. And, and we go outside and that's it. And next thing you know, uh, I had some, some of my, the main bullies coming up to me 
and they were like, you turned off the projector? Uh, I was like, yeah, and they were pissed off at me that I stopped the fire, and then um, they started chasing me to beat me up because they were like, you stopped the school from burning down. If it would have burnt down, then we would be done with school. So I got, so they were. That's confusing. I know, I know. It's illogical. But they, they threatened to basically kick my ass because of this. And I was so afraid to go to school the next day um, that my parents took me out of school. And, the, you know, um, it was like four or five days later, I was riding my bike with my cousin to the mall. And about four or five, four or five blocks away, there's a limousine parked in front of one of my buddy's houses. And, like, he's, his house is on the way to the, to the mall. Mm-hmm. And out of the top of the limousine pops out one of the kids, and it was my main bully. And uh, he was like, hey, Trey, and he gave this, like, I remember his smug little fucking face and just waving at me going, like, hey. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And uh, they, as a class, um, the teacher was like, I want to do something nice for you guys. So what they did was they rented a limousine as a class, and, y- you know, you paid, like, 20 bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. or the parents paid 20 bucks, and they took all the kids to go get ice cream a town over, but to have a limousine ride as, like, a reward or whatever. And, no, and like, the guy who popped out of the car was uh-huh. supposed to tell me, but he never did because he didn't want wow. me to go. And, like, I just remember how, like, how defeating that was, right? Just, like, how crushing that was as a child that, like, I just spent six years with these guys, and this was the last thing we were going to do as a class together. Right. And, like, just, like, that was, like, an epitome of. That was a hard slap in your face. Yeah, you know, especially as a kid, you know. It's like, man, I wanted to go on a limousine ride. And, like, like, it was just, it was just super crushing. And so going into seventh grade, (coughs) now it's a bigger school. All the classes are together. Now we're on, like, a regular, you know, nine months on, three months off schedule. Mm -hmm. Um. And, uh, you know, you're in multiple classes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So seventh grade, it was essentially the same type of stuff. Um, like, I remember being in the locker room, and uh, there was an eighth grader that goes like, hey, Chase. And I look over because we were changing, and he kicks this chair into me, and I fall over, and then three eighth graders just start beating the shit out of me on the floor in the locker room. I remember walking across. Uh, it was after school. I was walking my bike, um, and two kids jumped me in the middle of the – uh, crosswalk and just started they pushed me over my bike my feet got caught in the bike and then they just jumped on on me and were fucking hammering down and what was funny about that one is like my mom was sitting right there and my mom jumped out of the car runs and tackles these kids and pulls them off of me and then uh oh yeah she was awesome <laughs> but like you know my mom was threatened to get uh arrested for touching the kids yeah you know and it's like but that was it. Like, you know, my mom's sitting here like, you are, you guys are not protecting my child. Right. And, uh, like, there was another time we were going into P- uh, the locker room from PE. And I remember this eighth grader goes, um, hey, Chase, you want to play a game? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, because this is a popular eighth grader. And all the kids are just standing there. And he's like, okay, what I want you to do is uh, take three long, deep breaths. And on the third breath, just exhale all your air. I was like, okay. So I do it. <sighs> and then. Next thing I know, boom, hands are on my throat, just choking me against the wall. I'm, I'm so small, like I cannot break this guy's grip. And then next thing I know, I wake up on the ground because I was like convulsing oh and all God. the kids are just standing around laughing. Wow. And it was, it, the game was called Pass Out. Oh, I do remember the game. Remember that shit? Yeah, I, yeah. I played Well, that I game. didn't know I was playing Pass Out until oh, I passed out. Oh my God, that's scary. You know, and like those were, 
those were instances of like, that was seventh grade. And the last fall was eighth grade. Eighth grade um, was kind of very similar. And uh, the, the final straw was, I was, it was the morning uh, before classes started. And I actually shaved my head. My hair, hair was actually just like this. Oh, okay. And I don't know why I shaved my head, but I did. And uh, like, I was super happy with my haircut. <laughs> and I walked by this group of kids and there was this girl, and I remember her name was Angela King. Um, big old chick who uh, played on the basketball team. But I was four foot nine, four foot ten, mm-hmm. right? And now I was a little pudgy, but. Um, now it's pudgy with her. No, like she was just big. <laughs> she was big. like, you know, probably five, seven, you know, and you got to think like next to four foot nine, like she, that's massive. Right. And she made fun of my, and we're both in eighth grade. I'm an eighth grader, and that's the highest class there. Um, but she made fun of my hair, and then she put her hand on my head and just started, like, shaking my head. What? And, uh, and all these kids are just laughing at me. And, like, but in my head, I was like, oh, you find that funny? She goes, yeah, I do. I'm like, okay, you're going to see how funny it is. My mom's here on campus. Like, let's uh, see you tell my mom what you did, right? Like, as a kid, I was never really told to protect myself or right. defend myself. Right. It was conflict resolution, talk, talk it out or tell, tell it and go. And so, you know, especially as a kid, you know, I, man, my mom was my protector. Yeah, you know, she was my, in your corner. You know. One-on-one. And uh, so my mom was on campus talking to my, like, math teacher, because I suck at math. But <laughs> she was talking to my math teacher, so I was like, yes, like, finally, like, something's going to get done. And I go and I tell my mom. And my mom's like, okay, show me who did it. So we walk over um, to the center quad area, and I was like, it was her. So my mom goes and grabs this backpack. And the chick goes, like, what, you know, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Mom's like, you're going with me to the principal's office right now. And she goes, fuck you, bitch. Like, no, I'm not. And, you know, my mom being a cop and everything, like, what did you say to me? Like, she couldn't fathom that this, like, 12-year-old is running her gums like this. And she was like, and besides, bitch, that's not my backpack. And mom's like, all right, where's your backpack? And she's like, going back and forth. And my mom's like, you're coming now, mm-hmm. right? And she didn't. Right, so we go to the office, and my mom's like, "You guys need to do something about this right now. Like, this is it. Like, you know, I can't, I can't keep dealing with you guys not doing something." And I remember sitting there in in like the waiting room area, and um, the the school campus cop is in there, the vice principal and the principal. And uh, next thing I know, my mom has me. um, I go into the vice principal's office, and he was like the only guy who was like cool about me, like you know, trying to look after me. But uh, basically what they determined was um, he's like, you have really two options or three options. Either one, you can stay in school and, you know, endure it, right? Um, You know, we're a quarter of the way through the school year. Or two, you can go to a private school. And the only two private schools were these Christian schools. Mm -hmm. Or three, you can go to a continuation school. And you can go on independent study. Mm. And uh, that was it. Those were my options. And so we decided, like, I was just, I they still I had it. Home. Like, well, like, I was just, I was crying. And I, I was just done. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. And uh, so they did. They took me out of school at that point. Well, but what had happened in the office is they threatened to arrest my mom for being on campus without a pass. They didn't, it was nothing about me. It was nothing to protect me. The principal was this fucking bitch. And uh, 
apparently, and my mom didn't tell me this until maybe about a year ago, because my mom was like, I'm so proud of everything you've accomplished. And she goes, I, you know, I wish I could just throw it in the principal's face. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, in that office that day, um, your principal told me that Chase just needs to learn how to deal with this because he's going to be the butt of all jokes for the rest of his life. That was her answer? Mm-hmm. Wow. And she was like, I was so pissed off at her after that. Like, you know, I knew that he couldn't be in that school anymore. And the principal was just basically like, I need to get over it. Chase is never going to amount to anything. Like, he will always be smaller. He will always be um, the kid that people pick on. And, and like, that was it. My mom, my mom held on to that forever. So, anyways, they pulled me out of school. Um, we tried these two Christian schools. And it's like, you know, I'm a Christian, but, like, we don't – my parents didn't raise me in a church. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, I cussed. <laughs> um, like, I tried one one school we just visited, and the woman's like, do you go to church? I said no, and she goes, you know, you're going to go to hell. Like, okay. l- and we're like, okay, this is the no, school we're going to go to. Next one. And we went to the second one, and, and then they just basically went um, – they said uh, – like, it, they were okay, but, like, it was super expensive, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it was also, like, you know, I had to have a Bible class which, you know, was different. And then, like, I remember <laughs> I remember she was talking about the first Harry Potter was coming out, mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, kids, don't, you cannot go see Harry Potter. It's about, like, witchcraft, and, you know, it's, Ooh, yeah. it's about the devil. And I was like, it looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going this weekend. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, like, shit in class, and, like, a student freaked out, and he was, like, the last kid that said a curse word got expelled, and I was like, yeah, this place ain't for me. Yeah. And I was like 12. <laughs> so they pulled me out, and I go to Independence Study. So on independent study, I went to school one hour, one day a week. Okay. All right. And uh, so they would give me my homework. I'd go home and I'd do it. Mm-hmm. But at that point, no social interaction, no friends. Wow. So like no one called, no one asked to hang out. And so for almost the entire year, um, I just did nothing but play video games and hang out with my mom. That's it. Like, that's all I did. So that, that was my massive weight gain and everything, too. Okay. So that's where, like, the big, like, downhill went And this me. was, like, year... So this was 2001 to 2002. Okay. Um, yeah. So going into freshman year of high school. Okay. So where it all, where it all kind of comes full circle is going into freshman year, um, a new school was built. So all those students that were my bullies and that, like, I dealt with are, were going to that new school. So my parents enabled it to where I went to the same high school that both my brothers went to and my middle brother was already at. So they were like, Craig can look after Chase. Okay. So when I went there, it was better. I still dealt with some bullying. Um, You know, there was kids that beat me up a few times, but like, you know, at lunch I was protected because I had Craig and, Mm -hmm. you know, after school I was protected, but it was like in between classes and before school is when I got beat up. Um, But the, the big turnaround was like, you know, I only had like three friends freshman year of high school, like, only three kids that even talked to me. Um, there was one guy in particular, though, um, who wasn't, like, in that little circle, but his name was DeMarco, and DeMarco's, like, my brother. Like, he was, like, the only popular kid to ever, like, talk to me. Uh-huh. You know, and I, that guy I love one side down the other. But anyways, to sum it up, I went to, I didn't play football um, because I was like, I can't. Like, there's no way I can keep up. Now I'm five foot, I'm 200 pounds, I wore size 40 in men, like, I was obese. So, um, but I went and played freshman baseball, and uh, the only reason why I didn't get cut is because there was only 10 people on the team, Okay. and you needed nine, Okay. <laughs> and they were like, we need Chase, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he has to be on the team. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we'll kind of wrap this up. We'll, you know, we'll do some more later in another podcast. But where like the, the turning point for me in fitness was this moment was freshman year. I, uh, it was like two weeks into baseball. And after practice, we had conditioning, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was two laps around a baseball diamond. It was freshman field baseball diamond. And so three, two, one, go, take off. Um, made it a lap. Kids are way out in front of me. Mm-hmm. At about a lap and a half, I just like quit. I, I completely, stopped. Yeah. I stopped. Right. So there was an oak tree in the center field, mm-hmm. and I stopped behind that oak tree, and uh, I sat there and I cried. And I just like, I felt so sorry for myself that I physically did not feel like I had the capacity to finish that run. Mm-hmm. And so about mm, three, four minutes go by, and then they, the team realizes that I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing I know, they're all at the tree. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Chase, you're going to finish this. And I told them I couldn't. And they said, no, you're going to finish this with us. And so um, after some encouraging, I got up, and I did. I finished it. And afterwards, like, you know, it's cool because, like, when I crossed the, the home base, like, they, you know, uh, cheered for me and were like, hey, good job and stuff. But the impactful moment for me, and that was the moment my life changed for fitness, is because in my head, I couldn't fathom running two laps, mm-hmm. and I couldn't wrap my ra- mind around the fact that they ran an extra half lap because of me, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, you know because of me, they had to suffer more. And then, you know, it wasn't even suffering for them, it was just like running. But like, that's how I saw it. Yeah. You know, it was like so, you know, colossal to run two laps that half a lap was just so unimaginable. Right. And at that point, I was like, I made a basically a deal with myself that I will never quit again on anybody. Okay. Right, like, um, it didn't Thanks. matter how hard it was for me, I'm going to finish, I'm going to try. You know, and I will not quit something physical um, because, like, they're relying on me. Wow. That's powerful. So that was that that was the moment. That yeah. was uh, that was the change. Okay. And then from there on, did you continue on with baseball throughout the years of your high school? Yeah. So I played baseball um, basically until my senior year. So, okay. you know, to, to condense this part mm-hmm. was by the end of the season – I only dropped like 15 pounds or so, 15, maybe 20 pounds. But I realized that I could actually run the two laps now and not die. Right. Right? Um, but that immediately led into football. Okay. So I went into summer football. Okay. Um, and so summer football, I was 180 pounds, and so I was a lineman. And then from summer football going into junior baseball, I got down to about 160. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, conditioning was normal. Like, now I was used to training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – I wasn't the fastest, but I also wasn't the slowest anymore, right. right? I was middle of the road, and that led into sophomore going into junior year. Mm-hmm. Now, this was, like, this was the next kind of, like, turning point mm-hmm. is because uh, now I was addicted to training, okay? Um, but I also noticed that people treated me different because I lost weight. Interesting. So. Okay. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, like, I mean, for example, freshman year. Uh, freshman year, the head cheerleader of the freshman cheer team or whatever, uh-huh. uh, came up to me in PE and sidekicked me into the stomach while I was sitting on the ground because she didn't like the fact that I was fat. Um, those were, you know, women she didn't, just met yeah, met. W- you know, women didn't like me because I was unattractive, I was fat, 
um, it was just something that was like really hard for me to deal with. Okay. Did you like see that same cheerleader again? Your yeah. So this is like the okay, the kind of change, right? Okay. So I'm seeing people are treating me different. I'm starting to have more friends because I'm losing weight and I look better. So you look normal in those yes. people's eyes. That's so crazy. Yeah. And so then that that summer, I was completely addicted to losing weight. So when I hit 160 pounds, then my next goal was 155. And then the next goal was 150. And I realized that the less I ate and the more I did cardio, the more weight I'd lose and the faster I lost it. So then I just stopped eating. So like I completely stopped eating going into that summer. And then um, when I got my license that summer, I was going to the gym every day. Um, my routine was about five hours of training every single day where I would do like an hour of football. Mm-hmm. No, an hour of baseball, two hours of football, and then I'd go and I would do cardio for two hours. Oh my God. I would get on, I would run like two miles to warm up, then I'd get on the elliptical for 45 minutes, I'd do the Stairmaster for 10 minutes, I would do the bike for 10 minutes, and I was doing about a thousand sit-ups every other day. Wow. Um, you know, and but no weights, like I wasn't weight training at all. Right. Because like, was I was like, being skinny is mm-hmm. fit. Right. And so my, my family kind of realized what was going on, they kind of had this little intervention with me, and, and the moment that I realized that like, that I was skinny was going into uh, junior year, I was still trying to lose weight. So now going into junior year football, I was 128 pounds or 127 pounds at my height now. So mm-hmm. five, 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 actually I was, like, I was about five, six. Wow. Um, but then I wore size 28. Mm-hmm. So I dropped 12 pant sizes in a year. Wow. And, uh, That's drastic. Right, and <laughs> so I, I had a picture where I was a counselor uh, for um, these sixth graders and I remember I got the pictures developed, right? You go to Costco and you get them developed. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I remember looking at the picture and going, like, that's not me. And I go into the... Why'd you say that? Well, I go into the bathroom and I held up the picture to the mirror and I'm looking at it and I go, like, that guy's skinny. I'm not skinny. I'm fat. And so, like, and it was the weirdest thing. And I can vividly remember looking back and forth between the two going, like... I just remember being lost. I remember going like, that is not me. Like, I am fat. That that kid is skinny. And that was the first time that, like, now I now I know that it was body dysphoria. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I didn't know at the time. But then I also realized that I was skinny. Like, I was like, I'm grotesquely skinny. Mm-hmm. My bicep was the size of my wrist. Like, that's how thin I was. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I now I was like, okay, I need to lift weights. I need to weight train. So my mom took me to Long's Drugs, and she got me my first supplement, which was creatine monohydrate in a little powder shit-ass form. <laughs> it was so disgusting. Um, but yeah, so I, I started taking creatine. I remember I gained about 10 pounds. It was water weight, but, you yeah, know, and then I started getting it. stronger. Yeah, okay. I started getting a little stronger. And so then, you know, going into junior year football or baseball, I was up to 150 pounds. So I gained about, you know, 20 pounds or okay. so. Um, and then it was, you know, off to the races. From there on, it was, you know, I, I got into bodybuilding. I, I could drive to the gym on my own, you know. Um, and so I would go and lift weights and, you know, do the typical bench press and bodybuilding type style workouts. And, um, you know, freshman or. Uh, so how'd you figure that out? Like, how'd you know? Like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, f- so football back home is a little different. Like out in the Midwest, it's like football is like life mm-hmm. out there. Like. I, n- w- I never cleaned, like, I w- they never even showed us a hang power clean, like, right. 
I never remember getting instructed on how to weight train. Okay, so how? So tell me about the bodybuilding part. How'd you get? Like, how'd you find that out? Yeah, so it was just researching on my own. I just like I got addicted to training, and so I right. wanted to learn as much as I could. So I'd get on the internet and read what I could. But it was uh, muscle fitness magazines uh. and you know and anything like that. And I I actually found like an old workout routine I wrote from when I was like. 18, 19 years old. Really? Yeah, it was like three sets of 10. Everything was three sets of 10. The <laughs> whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, I remember one of them said like arm pump or something. I don't know. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but uh, so anyways, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I just got into stereotypical weight training. Now, mm-hmm. where it like definitely took a different turn was, um, you know, freshman f- or senior football, um, typical shit, but going into <laughs> Uh, the end of the year, baseball, I started playing baseball, but the coach was a dick. And so, like, I, I quit the team because just I didn't like how he was. I didn't yeah. like uh, what he saw as, like, you know, leadership on the team. So so I quit. So now I'm actually uh, working. I started working part-time as a busser, and everybody in there did Globo Gym. Like, all the freaking bouncers and bartenders were just jacked. Oh, wow. So you had yeah, so at that point, I started training with those guys. Okay. And so, like, you know, um, so I, I got into lifting heavy. Like, okay. I wanted, you know, so I would follow them, and I'd yeah. kind of learn what they did. Like, yeah. this is how you, you know, superset and stuff. So it's like I, I definitely, like, followed their lead. Yeah, um, sure. And, uh, you know, that's what got me into those types of routines. Okay. So going from that, let's let's talk about your next uh, chapter in your life. Mm-hmm. Let's say you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. What happened after? Yeah, so I worked there for, yeah, I worked there for about a year. Um, You know, I had a girlfriend who was in high school at the time. Uh, She was a senior. And so, like, it was just, like, I I don't know if I moved in that when my brother left. No. Um, So, I mean, it was literally, like, work. And I tried school. Didn't really play out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was. I was just working at my restaurant. And, you know, I became a server. So I was making good money. Like, you know, a normal tip night was 100 bucks. Nice. Um, for okay. like three hours and then of work. you were still training with those guys that you Yeah, did? so right. I mean, it was, it, you know, it was a different environment. Um, you know, like, Better. but I started, but like, meaning that these guys were like late 20s, but they partied hard. Uh, so I started like going to parties and gotcha. um, like parties way above my pay grade. Right. And like, I, I, that's when I started drinking. Like my, my heavy drinking was 19 years old. Wow. Like okay. that's, that's the hardest I ever partied. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also realized that I, like it was like, you know, getting bad, yeah. you know, like, um, like I could pound down a 12 pack and not be buzzed yet. That mm-hmm. is like, you know, and now looking back, like that didn't help my training at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I moved with my girlfriend down South to San Diego. Okay. Um, and while I was there, I was, uh, you know, I, I started going to school, but it didn't play out well, um, just because of finances. And so I, I was working out like quite often, mm-hmm. um, you know, so she had a lot of free time, so I might as well. Yeah, no, like I played Halo and worked out. That's about all I did. Mm-hmm. So I was there for about six months, and then um, I ended up. Uh, I joined the Air Force. So originally, I joined the Air Force um, about halfway through there, and then I was supposed to leave in February 2010. No, 2008. February 2008. So I go home. I move back home, and uh, I'm home for like two months. And my girlfriend and I are doing long distance, and mm-hmm. we've been together for about a year and a half. And uh, so um, I ended up not leaving because of my contract was fucked up, okay? So, like, they lied to me on my contract, so I got out. 
And now I'm in this like limbo with my girlfriend and military and jobs right. and like what do I do? Yeah. Um, because like I hadn't worked for like two two three months, you know I was like what do I do? Right. What so, did you do? Yeah. So I <laughs> ended up um, I ended up getting a job with Coors Light and I worked as a merchandiser. No shit. Yeah. So I was just like stocking beer, and I was like, I must have been just 20, 20 okay. something like that. And then how long did you do that for? Um. So this is where like so my girlfriend and I, um. She wanted to live in San Diego. And so, like, it was a really good relationship. Like, you know, I I will say that, like, I cheated on her, like, once or twice. And, like, that's not good. But, like, it was still, like, a good relationship. And when it ended, it didn't end how I wanted it to end. Actually, I didn't want it to end. Mm -hmm. Um, What had happened was, and this is why it's it's kind of prevalent to the story, though, is that she wanted to stay there. um, And I wanted her to come home. And she was really sad that I was gone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, if you move home, I will take care of your bills. You move in with me and my brother. Like, I'll work while you're going through school. I'll pay for your school. Mm-hmm. If you want, like, clothes money, you just get a part-time job. And for her, she was like, I can't. I'm not going to move there. And so when she said that, then I said, if, you know, you're not willing to move for me, then I can't be your boyfriend anymore. I was hoping that she'd like pull her head out of her ass oh, and be like, and "That backfired." Yeah, me. oh, it totally backfired. <laughs> um, and the, but that's why that's why it ended gotcha. is, uh, you know. And after that, she like stuck to it and like, you know, I I did some bad stuff as re- in regards to like the next time I saw her, I fucking yelled at her in her face and stuff and like, you know, I asked for like my jewelry back like an asshole and you know, there, there's things that I wish like and I'll st- Ashley, I'm sorry. Uh, there you go. Like and I am. I I feel like. That that moment and that relationship actually fucked with me all the way till about two years ago. Okay. Um, so and we'll cover that at another time. But mm-hmm. um, but it did. Like you know, I, I didn't want it to end, and that was pretty uh, detrimental to me. Is because I you know I really did love her, and uh, but then I was lost. I was like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Um, so I ended up joining the Army National Guard oh, uh, so for California. Well, yeah, so I joined the Army, and uh, so I was supposed to go in October to basic training as an interrogator, um, but then what ended up happening was I threw out my back as a merchandiser in, oh, like, wow. May. Uh, I, I pulled a 12-hour shift, didn't take a lunch, and all I did was move 30 packs all day, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, hunched over. Yeah, I the next you. day, I couldn't move. Wow. So they put me on workman's comp, and then they, they took my shift away. Like, they really fucked me over. Um, and so... I knew that once I got off workman's comp, they were going to put me on a shift like two cities over. It would cost me more money in gas because at the time gas was like four fifty a gallon mm-hmm. in California. Mm-hmm, yeah. It would cost me more in gas to work. Right. So you just ended up quitting? Yeah. No. Okay. So I, well, I was like, I told uh, the recruiter, I was like, I need to go now. Mm-hmm. Like I need to go to basic training. I'm ready to go. So mm-hmm. I did, but I had to switch my job. So then I became admin. <laughs> it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go to basic training and the basic training in the military was pretty critical for me in the fitness world because that is the first time that I've learned how to push my body beyond the point of exhaustion. During basic training. During basic training, right? The military (laughs) taught me the mental side of training, right? So, like, I knew how to train. I actually got, like, less fit in basic training because when I went, I was, like, running five miles a day. Like, I was pretty – Still on the cardio. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, But, like, you know, like, push-ups and sit-ups, I was cranking them out. Mm -hmm. But in basic training, like, for the first three weeks were really hard. Mm -hmm. After that, it's, like, smooth sailing as far as, like, fitness. And actually, like, you will lose fitness because they don't have enough time to train you physically. They have to go through all the other things, like shooting and 
tactics and stuff, gotcha. right? So fitness is not their focus. Interesting. Yeah, and so like I left basic training kind of like less fit, um, and then I went to AIT, and then at AIT, I uh, advanced individual training, okay. um, and I was in uh, South Carolina at Fort Jackson. But now you could eat what you wanted, so I've been eating like pretty good for the last three months. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm like, oh, fucking fried food, everything. Uh -huh. I mean, French fries and you know burgers and. You know, you can actually go to uh, a gas station, so I'm drinking, you know, green monsters, like, mm -hmm. pounding them down. Like, it was bad. So I actually gained, I got up to about 180 pounds, you know, from 155 when I left for basic training. And so now, January 2009, mm -hmm. um, I got home, and I was like, I need to get back in, in shape. Okay. So I started training hard. Um, and now I live with my brother, uh, so we're bachelors living, you know, in his house, uh -huh. and um, so that's what we did, like, and that's where, like, Craig and I really did connect, like, we became best friends and, um, you know, worked out all the time together, uh, cause he worked two to ten. Okay. Um, so what? As a, as a correction officer. Okay. So, so he would get off work, okay. I'd get off work, uh, from the restaurant, uh -huh. and we would go work out at 11 o'clock at night, cause it was gotcha. 24 hours. So we'd work out till 1, 2 a.m. Okay. So that was, like, our, wow. our routine. So, yeah, I yeah. used to train from 11 to 2 in the morning. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's crazy, knowing what you do. Yeah, oh, God, <laughs> dear God, I'm trying to nap and stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, so we did that for quite a long time, and, and that was, uh, it was fun. It was a blast, like, yeah. you know, and I didn't party as much. Like, I, you know, I still drank with my buddies, but, you, you know. socialize. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I social drink, you right, know. Like, right. we'd get a 30-pack between six guys, and we'd play Halo and hang out. Okay. You know, like, it was fun. Okay. You know, and I, I think I turned 21. Yeah, I turned 21 during this time, too. So I actually was training for special forces, though. So I wanted to change my job to combat. But everything was like, there was no slots available. This was 2009, mm -hmm. and there was nothing available in California. But then I learned about Special Forces, and I was like, that's what I want to do. And uh, so I started up training for it, and I got, I got my slot. I was ready to go to selection, and I uh, did a PT test and hung over. That was the only PT test I've ever done, hung over. But I did 121 push-ups in two minutes, 104 sit-ups in two minutes, and I ran a 13, 15, 2, 9. Wow. And, uh, and I did that, like, throwing up in between everything. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was great. But, <laughs> but I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm fit, like, yeah. army fit. Uh-huh. And, uh. So did you graduate, com I guess not graduate, but did you uh, yeah. complete that? PT no, so what happened was shortly after that PT test, maybe a few days later, um, it was the next weekend, mm -hmm. I, uh, I was assaulted. And when I was assaulted, the guy ripped my shoulder out. So ripped my left shoulder out. And so I ended up with a third-degree AC tear. And that was two weeks before I was supposed to leave for selection. Wow. And so. These curveballs, dude. Yeah, no. So I was, I was pretty destroyed after that. Very distraught, like, you know, why God did this to me type stuff, you yeah. know. And, uh, and what's crazy is, like, I can look back and I, I literally said to myself, like, I'm going to kill this guy. I had no idea who he was. Never met him before. It was a random assault at my, in front of my house. Um, and then. Because I was like, man, he just ended my career, like what I wanted to do with my life. And so uh, I actually ended up finding out who the guy was. And ironically enough, he was my ex-girlfriend's sister's boyfriend. Yeah, so well, that's so yeah, uh, that's how I found out. And uh, so my ex-girlfriend was the one who told me about it because she overheard him talking about beating this guy's ass. And then like she was like, that was my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, so, so anyways... I, when I ended up finding out who he is, I, I saw him in the gym, in the gym that I used to go to, 
But I was like, I saw him. I was like, oh, that's a big dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I can't beat him up. Like, no wonder why. Well, we're, I'm rehabbing. Uh, I can't yeah. use this shoulder. So, uh, he was a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so come to find out, he was like double stacking steroids pretty hard. But he was known for drunk fighting. Um, wow. Like, he he lived to fight. That wow. was his guy. And so. And I'm, like, that's a small world. Like, of right. all the people, he chose you. Right. And he's like. And what's 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 insane though is like, so this is also why I don't like drinking now. Mm. I was drunk, I was super. Were you guys hammered. open? Yeah. Okay. Um. So I was with a buddy. We were at his friend's house, a coworker's, mm. and we got blitzed on like some high dollar tequila. It was like, and I only took like six or eight shots, but mm. it was enough to set me over. Uh huh. Now, this is like the you know life lesson should have done it. All right. I I was driving. My buddy was so hammered, oh. and I was like, okay, if I, like, driving home, it's literally four turns. It's two miles, but it's four turns. And so I drove home. Like, you know, it was like one o'clock in the morning or so. Drove home, and made it safe, and I get out of the car, and right behind me, there was a Jeep that pulled up right behind us. Mm-hmm. And out of the Jeep pops my brother's, now ex-wife, but she pops out of the Jeep, and I'm like, hey, like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. What's up? She goes, oh, I was with some friends or whatever at the bar. Like, okay, and so I gave her a hug. She goes, opens the door. My my buddy gets out of the passenger seat, goes over there, too. And then I go up to the driver. I was like, hey, my name's Chase. Like, nice to meet you. I remember his name was Alex. I was like, hey, I'm Alex. Chase shakes my hand through mm-hmm. the door. Mm-hmm. I go around the other side. When I went around to the other side, the guy was already out of the Jeep. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm Chase. Like, I was a super happy junk, drunk at this time. Um, and, you know, he shook my hand, said his name, but he's looking over my shoulder. And next thing I know, he starts yelling at my buddy. And I was like, okay, dude, like, that's not cool. Like, you got to go. Uh-huh. And he goes, no, fuck that. And he tries walking through me, so I push him back. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm serious. Like, you got to fucking go. Like, you're not going to fight in front of my house. Yeah. Runs his mouth, tries to walk through me again. I push him back one more time. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, like, just fucking go. Uh-huh. And the third time I put my hands up, I'm out. I don't remember. Wow. And so when I woke up, I woke up to him on top of me beating my face in. And, uh, and then just in time for him to pop off me because she ran in got my brother who was asleep. Uh-huh. And Craig's a big dude. Craig's six foot at the time, like six foot 205. Uh-huh. Like he's a pretty stock guy. Yeah. So the guy popped off, squared up with my brother. My brother ended up wrapping him up, did some like, you know, officer technique. Uh-huh. And the driver was actually trying to pull him off of me. Like the driver was trying to save me. And because uh, like he hit me in my head, I guess I stumbled and he didn't like the fact that I fell. So he kept punching me in my head. Wow. I stumbled against the back of the car, so I have pictures of my hands going against the, the trunk of my brother's Mustang, um, the dust from my hands. <laughs> and then I guess I, I stood up, and I just wasn't falling. And then that's when he tackled me, and when he tackled me, he took me into the ground, that, and my shoulder went into the ground, pulled my shoulder out, and then he just started beating my head in. So I got pictures of like all these knuckle marks in my head. My head swelled up and oozed. So oh. I had ooze coming out, so I think that might have done some shit. That's gnarly. Yeah, so, so that was the assault. And so I remember being in the hospital. My shoulder was swollen, and I remember there being a cop there. And I'm, like, crying in pain and tears. And I, I was like, I'm so sorry, officer. I, I, you know, I, I should have, been, you know, drank and drove. And, and she looked petrified because, like, then they are trying to, like, drain the blood out of my shoulder. And, like, I remember, like, three or four doctors were, like, holding me down. I'm, like, trying to fucking fight them off. And next thing I know, I'm out, and I wake up, and shoulder's swollen. And mm-hmm. So that was that, was that instance. And. So afterwards, um, my cousin convinces me to go active duty because he was like, it's easier to go to special forces on active duty because SWAT's are more prevalent and it's just easier. Okay. And he was like, this is what I do as an interrogator. 
I, you know, I'm always training, you know, every month I'm in the field and I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to be cooler. So I go to MEPS, uh, the military processing center. Okay. And, you know, I grip through the test. I didn't, you know, I had this lump on my shoulder, but they never even said anything. And I was like, I'm good. We're rough with it. Yeah. So <laughs> that was it. I, I passed the, the medical, um, and I went to active duty. And so I joined, uh, active duty January, 2010. Wow. Okay. And so. then did you get, um, shipped right away or? Did you yeah, no. So I, I left, like I did the test and uh-huh. I, I was out. So I joined active duty at that point. And so I've been away from home since January, 2010. So it took me to Arizona and Arizona was the first time, uh, you know, we, we could do this for the next podcast, but that was the first time I was introduced to CrossFit, mm-hmm. um, like heard the name or whatever. But, you know, I got back to the point where I was maxing my PT test again. And, um, but, you know, but now I had a full-time job and I was able to train like I wanted. So like training took well, off. Yeah. Like that. That was your job now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, your job was to be fit. Yeah. So like, you know. That's what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. um, you know, that's where like, you know, this is where my coaching side kind of comes, comes into play. And that's, so all that led to my uh, added to my depression later on in life, but that's kind of the backstory of it all. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, you know, now it's going to go more into like professional, um, like professional obstacles, mm-hmm. you know, career wise and, mm-hmm. and overcoming like injuries. Like now I've had, you know, that's when like injuries also started. Um, and, but that's also where like coaching took off, CrossFit took off. So that's okay. kind of like the next chapter. You didn't know. You didn't know that. <laughs> no, stuff, huh? yeah. not at all. Holy yeah. crap! Now it's just like I don't know. How, I don't know what to say, dude. Like, huh? I don't think I ever met someone that has had to overcome all that. Like, he, like, like even in childhood. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah, it's you know, and, and this is where like you know I, I'll talk more about it another time. But mm-hmm. you know, the the first and only time I tried to kill myself, I was eighteen, and it was because my ex girlfriend. And it was like I, I had a during those two years of like yeah so months? it was I think it might have been senior year or I just graduated but like because of the breakup no well so we broke up one time before and we broke up um, we broke up and I remember why we broke up because uh, she she couldn't I was going to join the military right out of high school okay and she couldn't she was like I can't do long distance mm. and so I broke up with her because it allowed me to make the decision to try to join. But then I broke up with her and my family convinced me not to join the military. So then I tried to get back with her Uh. and she was like, no, like, and, and so for a month I tried and Mm. it crushed me. And then, um, you know, like it was really hard for me to take rejection from women, especially going from like no woman wanted me to all of a sudden I was attractive. Then I went through this kind of stage of being a little asshole too, Mm. you know, like, you know, like, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, like, I can I look back it. and, yeah, like, I see yeah. you know, I'll, t- I'll take the humble pill and say, like, I wasn't the best guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I didn't treat women the way I should have treated them. Well, they didn't treat you, you know. Right, well right, either. but it's not but an it's excuse. Not, no, it's not an excuse. For sure, um, no. But, like, but, I can see but with her, you know, and then I, I ended up, you know, getting with another girl during that time, and then all of a sudden she wanted to get back, and that fucked with me, and uh, I felt really bad. Yeah. And I had, you know, it's like, I felt like, you know, I betrayed her trust, and all I did was want her back, and. You know, and, and so I just wanted my pain to be over. Like, I wanted my pain to be over, and I, I downed a bottle of pills, and, 
you know, luckily I woke up the next day. And what's crazy is I didn't talk to her on the phone that night. And I remember her going, like, Chase, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like, I'm okay. And why I wasn't. Why did she say that? Because, like, she could hear my voice. I, I, like, I think that's why. I think she knew, like, something was wrong. Like, she knew I was sad, but she also knew, like, I sounded off. And I remember even walk, getting up to walk to the restroom and, like, the door handle, like, I missed the door handle and fell into the door because I was so fucked up. And uh, and then she called my brother. My brother came and checked on me. And I, I remember putting on, like, a straight face, like, dude, I'm fine. You know, and I was able to, like, keep my composure. Wow. And I wasn't. Right. And, uh, but, you know, luckily after that, like, I obviously didn't die. And right. What pill did you use? It was Tylenol PM. I took about... 18 or 20 Tylenol PM, 500 milligrams. Hmm, okay. And, like, wow. I just tried to fall asleep. You were out. I wanted to go to sleep, yeah. like, forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't admit to myself that that's what I tried to do until about maybe a year ago. I finally, like, so I was you just didn't talking. So you didn't tell anybody about the incident until nope. a year later? About a, no, 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 about a year ago now. A year ago now. Yeah. Okay. I've never admitted to myself, never, like, that's okay. what I that's really tried to, to do. I, you know, I just, like, I know what I did. But, like, now I can oh, look back deep. and go, like, I know what I was trying to do. So, did you li- so do you live every day since that incident in the back of your head knowing no one knew and you're going on through life? Yeah. Oh, all these moments. That's all these crazy. moments is things that, like, I've never wanted to admit. Hard, you know, like, it w- it's not even, maybe never, not even, never wanting to admit it, but it's just. Admit to what? Like. Admitting the things that I've done or things that I was thinking, but I've never told anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like that moment is something that uh, is not something that you're proud of, right? And uh, societal norms look down on things, mm-hmm. right? Things that we do um, as people uh, for morality purposes. And I understand that because morality also keeps us in check, yeah. right? Um, it makes us do the right thing, mm-hmm. or it should. Right, it's like... Um, but for me, like, now, it's removing the stigma of what morality is or as far as, like, what we consider wrong and right. For me now, I would rather stand here and admit that, you know, I cheated on my first girlfriend and I regret it. And I learned from it. And I can look back and say, like, I'm fucking sorry. I did it. Like, you know, like, I want to admit that. you're wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so instead of, like, admitting... Like, beforehand, I would never admit that stuff, right. and people normally won't, right? No one wants to go back and say, like, I have these faults, but I know I now know that, you know, for me moving forward, the more I admit, the better I feel, and the more free I am from those things. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of, like, that's another reason why for this podcast is, like, it's oh an yeah, outlet. It's podcast, right. Yeah, it's an outlet, <laughs> um, but also, like, I hope that it empowers others to yeah. do the same. Because, like, how freeing it is for my past to be able to stand here or sit here and have this conversation, you know? And, and, and not feel, like, so bad about it. Or yeah, I, I, feel, I feel no guilt feel, now. Yeah. You know, like, because I've, had, I've let myself feel the remorse. I've let myself um, <laughs> feel bad for those things. I've let myself um, You're realize that I was wrong, yeah. you know? And, yeah. or, like, or things that you weren't even wrong, but you shouldn't feel guilty about, right. you know? Like... I shouldn't feel guilty that I had a hard time, yeah. you know. And I, I want people to realize that you shouldn't feel guilty because you're having a hard time. Oh yeah. And I, but or just but so people hard do. On yourself. Oh yeah. You know, all people time. people do. People like. I, I know I do. I have some had something like that early right. on. Just had a hard time and just be so hard on myself. Right. So like, literally, my friend called me like hard headed. 
Yeah, no, yeah, and it, and so it's it's really hard for us to let go, and so oh, that's that's yeah. kind of a yeah. that's kind of the premise of it, and you know, so that's why like, you know, she does that girl, um, you know, and, and I'm super happy for her now. You know, she's I think she's engaged now, and you know, she's been with this dude for like nine years or something, <laughs> like all like maybe a year or two after we split up, um, but like it's so crazy that it took therapy for me to realize that a relationship from high school going into my, you know, early 20s affected me 10 years later. Isn't that crazy? Right, like something yeah. that, like, I you would never, never think it. that oh, it yeah. would pass my mind, but, yeah. yeah. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. This is a really deep, like, <laughs> podcast. I'm glad we have, we're having this conversation right now, because, like, like, looking at you, and I was like, I don't know what respect is the right word, but, like, I don't, like, fucking remind, like, admire you a lot more now. Like, Thank you. Because you've gone through a lot, like, fuck, more than I have. Holy crap. Well, not, not no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, no, I hear you. And oh this, is, this is why I also want to be able to, I used to look at it like my, I'm not going through as much stuff as other people are, okay? So one of the detrimental aspects of my depression was that I always looked at other people's situations and I would go, mine's not as bad as that. Just trying to get through your, your right. life. Uh, right, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that was that was a compounding factor of my depression is because I never allow myself to feel yeah. feel bad about the things that I was going through. Right, right, like it's just the things that I've gone through. Now, it doesn't remove the validation of your own emotions to your past no. either, though. Because we're and not that's, the same past, right? And that's that's yeah. kind of the perspective, mm-hmm. right? Is like, um, you know, you can. It's empathy. That's why, like, that's one of our. Uh, um, yeah. core values for the gym is being empathetic towards others right you and i don't have to have the same situation to be like man like i'm really sorry you dealt with that yeah cool that's that's all i ask yeah right like um because like some people also can look at other people's situations and they go uh one person said this where i was like down about the fire department and someone goes like you know in brazil we only make this much money and we have to have a bachelor's degree to be a crossfit coach like bro that sucks yeah but I'm allowed to feel sad about things, mm-hmm. right? So you can't look at your situation and be like, my situation is worse. You need to be happy with what you have. No, 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 no. Don't invalidate somebody's emotions because of that. Right. And so that's where, like, I just hope that I do now realize how much I've dealt with mm-hmm. as a whole. But I, you know, but if you look at it in isolated events, I've dealt with so many different things mm-hmm. that that's where I feel my story can relate to a lot of people in different facets mm-hmm. right yeah. i can relate to a man and a woman in different areas i had an eating disorder body dysphoria i like being big and strong yeah. right like you know what i mean um relationships of people not wanting to be with me relationships with too many people wanting right. you know like yeah there's so many different avenues like job failures uh, uh job successes and setbacks and um dropping out of school being successful in school like yeah i've had a, you know I'm, I'm a parent i'm also uh, a person with a like illegitimate child out there, you know, like wait, what? Yeah, yeah, there's another what? Yeah. <laughs> so like things like that, right? Like it's just things that, um, you know, things that have added to the bigger picture, and mm-hmm. I hope that this helps get that message across. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah. cool. That was very enlightening. Yeah, yeah, that was deep. So, well, uh, so we should just uh, wrap this up. Yeah. Um, do you want to start answering? Yeah, we got. Well, let's do. Uh, yeah, until someone comes in, we'll uh, we'll answer a few of these questions. Okay, cool. All right. 
So, <coughs> so I put out uh, questions. Oh my gosh, uh, it's is a lot more now. No, it's gone. <laughs> no, um, darn it. Well, some of these are st uh, still there. So let's uh, let's go ahead and you can kind of cycle through these. Was there something that you want you saw that you want to answer? Or? Yeah. So I mean, let's let's go a little lighthearted. Uh, so yeah. people ask about CrossFit shoes. So someone asked about Metcons or Nanos. Okay. Okay. I've had both. Um, I wear. I primarily wear uh, Nano Eights now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like the feel. Uh, I think they have a nice wide base. Um, they're comfortable in lifting. You can do some moderate weight in it. Yeah. I can the, attest to that. Yeah. The heel's not super elevated. Yeah. Um, it's a good overall shoe. Yeah. yeah. Um, not bad at running either. Like no. No. I yeah. think. I think if you're gonna do like four hundreds. Yeah. Oh yeah. So even eight hundreds. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was like, maybe a mile be pushing it. Uh, any more than that, be like crazy. Right. Just in running shoes. Yeah, I think if you got like, it sounds funny. If you're young and you got good knees, <laughs> like totally, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. it's not a bad shoe, yeah, especially yeah. like for CrossFit. Now, I will say that I do recommend if you're going to do specific running, have a running shoe. For sure. Like invest in a running shoe, a good running shoe. I, I have a, a pair of Brooks. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had Sakoni, uh, Reebok, like, Zigtech. Yeah, <laughs> those Brooks though make me laugh every time. Oh, my dad's shoes. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. so great. So yeah. comfy. Um, but yeah, I ha have a good pair of running shoes. But as far as CrossFit, um, it does have to come down to personal preference. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the Metcon 2s. Um, I had a Met, you know, the Metcon 1s, Metcon 2s, and I love the Metcon 2s. They don't make them anymore. Like, you, I can't find my size, and they just don't make them. Mm -hmm. I tried on the 4s, uh, but I don't. I didn't like them. It, it felt the newest one that yeah, came out. Really? Yeah, it felt super uncomfortable, um, and it was between that and the Nano Eights. Mm -hmm. So I had the Nano Fours, and that's when I stopped buying Nanos because I switched over to Metcon. Mm -hmm. Love the Fours, but the problem is the midsole, right in here. Okay, mm -hmm. um, any pivot movement, I shredded three pairs in the same day. Oh wow! Yeah, and one pair was like a month old. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's my big complaint about. Metcon 4s, these are twos, but I wear these as like casuals, and I love them, but they're not comfortable for, like, I don't know why people like them for like bounding and box jumps and double unders. Like, they're not comfortable for that. They're they're too thin, I feel. It's light. It's lighter than those shoes. I think that's why people like the box jump. Like, it doesn't feel like you have weight in your feet. Right, but for me, I need padding. Mm. For me, I, I need I need padding <laughs> when I when I'm jumping down from the box. So, gotcha. um, you know, but I love the the Nano Eight Weaves. Love them. Um, and then if you're... Is it locked? It, no, it's not locked. Oh. Okay. It is locked. Oh, it is locked. <laughs> we, keep it, we keep a few bottles for the gym right now. <laughs> hey, Nikki, what's yeah. up? Much. My French friend. Hey, they sent me a new pair. Oh, know? nice. I scrubbed those ones. Hey, fair uh, complex, bro. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I took the black ones. They fit better. That boy. That's sweet. Very That's nice. Sweet. Well, you're going you're gonna to use them today, then. Yeah, today? Yeah. Yeah, are you doing the open one? Yeah, of course he is. Okay, I'm four saying. Four o'clock has to. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I changed my schedule. I was like, one of my neighbors is going to work here at 5 p.m. He's going to, I can go to work at 6. Okay. And I can work at 6. Nice. All right, yeah, man. That's how you get it in. All right, bro. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, so I would say uh, go with the Nano 8s uh, over, over the uh, Nano 8 Weaves, yeah, <laughs> over the Metcon 4s. Um, you don't need a new pair of you don't need a pair of lifters, okay? I will well, say that. Not when you're starting out. No, yeah. I, I would say even for the first year, 
You don't yeah. need it unless like you have mobility issues in your squat pos- uh, position yeah. that your coach can assess. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, tell I re- you. That. I remember you telling me you you need powerlifters now. Like, yeah, you really need. Well, it's it's an X factor that will help get that next. It weight, does, yeah. You know, um, so funny. The second oh, Nick. Got two Nicks. <laughs> Nick on Nick. Yeah. Nick, um, Nick and Knight. Oh. Ah. Nice. Yeah, you heard me. What's up, French guy? Uh, he's just <laughs> like hmm. <laughs> Huh? Podcast. No, no, we're podcasting uh, right now. Yeah. But wrapping it up right now. But yeah. uh, but yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead and call it cool there. Yeah. All right. We can. Um, I don't know. We could do a part two. I feel like yeah. not, this is not. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll do a part two. So uh, hey, hope you guys like it. Uh, yeah. Like the video and comment below for any questions that you have on for the next sure. one. Um, so. Yeah. Thanks, hey. guys. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah, for uh, listening. Yeah. The next up. one for sure. All right. I'm excited. Fuck. Cool. <laughs>